Welcome to the Contact Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Call Attack Podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Jones. I just want to go ahead and warn you right off the bat, there is something going on in our cul-de-sac. I don't know if there's kids out there messing around, playing around, or if there's some some kind of bare-knuckle boxing or something going on out there, but been hearing a lot of noise outside, so just uh, giving you a warning if you hear something in the background, you know what the deal is. So I just want to start things off by giving you the same invitation that I've been feeling a lot recently on my spirit, and it's something very simple. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of Christians miss this. And it's that fact that we are called to more. God calls every single one of us to more. He is inviting us into the story. This is not simply when we read the Bible, it's not just something that we read and we say, oh, these are cool examples. Me and my mom were having a conversation the other day about this. And we're like, you know, the people in the Bible were just living their lives. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't, they didn't have the knowledge that 2000 years from now, people are going to be reading my story. You know what I'm saying? So like the invitation is for all of us. God is calling us to more and he not only calls us to more, he lays out in scripture how we can achieve that. And so we're going to look in scripture today and pull out some of some examples of what Jesus specifically calls us to do and kind of the roadmap on how we are to achieve that. But first, before we get into any of that, I'm going to go ahead and read a review. Um, if this is the first time that you're checking out the podcast, first of all, thank you so very much for taking the time. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you would, if you're not already, subscribe to the channel, like, comment, all that good stuff. It truly does help with the algorithms and all those good things. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify, if you would do me a favor, go all the way down to the bottom. If you're listening to this on Apple, rate and review the podcast. It truly does help. I, I'm going to try to get back to where I'm reading a review every single week. And so this week we have one. This is from Apple. This is from Chove Boy. Uh, he rated the podcast five stars. First of all, thank you so very much for that. He said, such a blessing. Donovan does a wonderful job and his passion for Christ is inspiring. He has great messages and has pulled in some incredible guests. Listen to these next. Uh, listen to this next time you get in the car and your day will be better. Thanks for all your hard work, ma'am. I appreciate that. Shout out to you, my ma'am. Chove Boy, I believe I know who that is. I think that's my man. Um, Daniel, I want to say, I can't remember his last name. It's been a minute since I've talked to him, but man, God bless you, my brother. I appreciate you being willing to take the time, not only to listen to the podcast, but then go the extra mile and, and rate it and review it and all of that good stuff. So I truly appreciate it. Um, so let's go ahead and get into the topic of the day. And it's just that God is calling us to more. And I believe we can back that up scripturally speaking. And specifically, I want to look at one instance, um, uh, where we see, I think an example um, of what Jesus is calling us to, the invitation. And this is a verse that I reference on here a lot, but to my knowledge, I don't think I've ever actually read the, the verse on here from Scripture. And I want to read the verse that precedes the verse that I quote on here a lot. And this is Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 through 38. Uh, verse 36, it says, when he, this is talking about Jesus, Saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That, that goes back to what we talked about last week, how there's so many people that are looking for hope in this day and age, even Christians. We look at the top 10 verses that were searched, highlighted, bookmarked in the version app last year, and, and we talked about it last week. 
most of them involved hope. People are looking for hope. Even even Christians are looking for hope. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that if you download an app, you're a Christian. But I'm saying I'm I'm, I'm assuming that a majority of the people that have downloaded the Uversion app are either a Christian or searching, and they're searching for hope. And so it says, uh, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. That's a verse that I quote on here a lot, but I don't usually ever quote the verse that's right after. And so I want to kind of focus on that for a second. He says, therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We've talked about before how the things in our life that God blesses us with, it's not just for us to hold on to. It's for us to bless other people. And so in this journey of life, this is not just something that we need to go at it with that lone wolf mentality. A lot of Christians are living in that space of, oh, it's just me and Jesus against the world. No, it, God says in Genesis, when he creates Eve from a rib of Adam, he says, it is not good for man to be alone. And I, I know in that specific instance, He's talking about Adam and Eve, but I believe you could take that a step further. And he's, he's, he's talking about community and friendship. It's not good for a man to be left with his own devices, for a woman to be left with her own devices. I, I can only truly speak specifically from a place of, of a man because that's what I am. It's not good for men just to be left alone because it's, it, can, it can be a very scary place because there's a lot of responsibility on men. And when you sit with your thoughts and you're not talking to people and you're not having community around you, people that are building you up. Um, it could be a place where you can kind of get lost in your thoughts and you can get lost in a bad space. So God says it's not good for man to be alone. But also where, where he says, getting back to the text here, I know I kind of rambled off there, went on a rabbit trail. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We need to be praying not only for opportunity. This goes, this goes back. I'm just echoing what I said last week. Not only for opportunity for us, but opportunity for other people. And so... As we look in Matthew, and that's really uh, a majority of where we're going to be today, I want to focus specifically on Peter. Um, Peter and Jesus really are the two people that we're going to be talking about mainly today. I, I had something very interesting as I as I prayed over this um, and as I was making the outline for this episode. I'll, I'll share that with you guys at the end so you all hang out to the end of the video and, and check it out because something very interesting happened that I, that really opened my eyes to something um, that I think I knew, but I needed a reminder of is when I say we're invited into the story, it's not just we're left on an island by ourselves. He gives us instructions on how to do whatever it is that, that he's called you to do. And he says simply, if you look throughout the gospels, anytime he called one of his disciples, he said two words, simply follow me. Follow me. I'm going to set the example. I'm going to show you how you need to walk. I'm going to show you how you need to live. A lot of times in, in those days, the the rabbi, when he called his his disciples or when he called his students, the point of the, the, the student was to follow the rabbi so closely that he was covered in his dust. Because as the rabbi was moving around, you were so close to him that the dust that he was kicking up off of the ground was, was getting on your, your legs, getting on your tunic, getting on, getting all over you. That's what, that was your goal. You wanted to stick to them so closely that you were following their every move, learning every single thing that they were doing. And that is the same way that Jesus is. He says, just simply follow me, be covered in my dust. I'm inviting you. I'm the, and this is what's really been blowing my mind lately. The creator of the universe is calling you to that. Colossians says that 
all things were created by him, talking about Jesus, all things were created by him and for him. And, and when you think about that, that the creator of the universe, that everything was created for, chooses to invite us into the story to do a thing, it's a very, very humbling thought. And I've been living in that space uh, over the last, really, last couple of weeks, more so than usual, just because it, it's, it's very heavy to think about. And there's a passage that I want to look at in a minute that really, um, I think, kind of brings that thought to home. But back to Peter, when we, when we think about Peter, when you look at his life, Peter was a rough a rough man. He's a fisherman, so obviously he's out working with his hands. Um, if you look throughout Scripture, Peter was very back and forth. There was times where Jesus was praising him, like, for instance, when they're in Caesarea Philippi, and he says, who do the people say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ. Um, you know, there's, there's times like that, and then, and then you have the lows where he's denying Jesus. You know what I'm saying? People are coming to him and saying, hey, aren't you the one that's when following Jesus? And he's like, no, wait, that's not me. Or even right after he he declares with his mouth, "You are the Christ." There in, in in Caesarea Philippi, Jesus tells him the point of why he's here, and tells the other disciples, "This is why I'm here." And Peter says, "Far be it from you, Jesus!" Like rebukes Jesus, and then Jesus says, "Get behind me, Satan!" You know. So there's so many instances back and forth where you see Peter having these really high highs and these really low lows. He's kind of back and forth. I've heard a, a pastor talk about before where in the book of James, James talks about a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And I've heard a pastor say that that, that could be described as Peter uh, before he truly, truly walked with Jesus and, and received the Holy Spirit that we see in Acts. Um, but I, the story that I really want to point out that, that we see a shift and a change in the story of Peter really goes, um, I believe, um, speaks volumes if we look at Matthew chapter, let's see, Matthew chapter 8. When we look at how we are supposed to follow Jesus, what is the guide, like what does that look like? I believe that this is how, kind of like Jesus set the example. This is Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, and it says, And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there rose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. Jesus was asleep. During a storm, during a time where all the disciples were panicking, Jesus is sleeping. He's not afraid. He's not worried. He created all of this. He created that storm. He created that wind. He created the universe. All things were created by him and for him. So he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds. You could almost, I'm not going to change the word, but you can almost read that as he got up and rebuked his winds, because this is his. He, he created all of this. I, I don't mean to change scripture at all, but it, it, it's, it's all his. Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and the seas obey him? I can't imagine being a disciple, being in that boat, seeing the things that Jesus was doing, and yet still constantly arguing about which one of them is the greatest. I mean, you look throughout Scripture, it's insane how many times that the disciples just witnessed something incredible done by Jesus, but yet they're steady arguing about which one of them is the greatest. You know, and so when I say that Jesus set the example, he wasn't worried in what could have considered at that time one of the biggest storms literally of his life. But why is this? Why was Jesus so confident? We know that Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. So he still was that, that God man 
who who felt hunger pains, who felt uh, uh, scripture tells us that he he fought every temptation known to man, but yet still was perfect. If we look in Luke chapter four, uh, and I'm not going to lie, I stole some notes from a message by Louis Giglio that I was listening to um, the other day. I thought it was just too good, so I'm, I'm shamelessly going to admit I'm stealing some of his notes. In Luke chapter four, it talks about at, at verse number one, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan. And this is this is right after uh, Jesus was baptized. It says, and Jesus, I'm going to read that again. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So Jesus was being led by the Spirit because of what is going to come, his ministry that he was getting ready to take on. He had to go through the fire. He had to go through a, a testing period in the wilderness. So he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And I want you to kind of remember those words. That's why I'm kind of trying to, to say it multiple times, because there is a similarity between this passage and a passage we're going to read in a second about Peter. In Luke chapter uh, 4, verse 14, it says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. A lot of times there are things that that we have to not only go through, but we have to get rid of in our own lives and bring on what God has for us. Maybe it's 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 a level of of understanding. It's a level of of growing in fighting against temptations or fighting against the urges of this world. There's certain things that we have to battle against to get to the next level, to get to a place where you can do and handle the things that God has for you to do. And and Jesus's Jesus's ministry was something that obviously was something that no one else could do. So he had to have that period where he's being tested, where he's by himself, where he's in the wilderness facing these different things that Satan's bringing at him, facing the hunger, facing all these trials, and then he returns in the spirit. He passed that test and he returns in the spirit, full of power, ready to take on the ministry and, and the magnitude of what he was going to have to do. Keep that in mind as we read a couple of verses here in Acts. This is Acts chapter 2, verse 12. So Peter is, is this is uh, during Pentecost, right? And I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but I feel like there's something in here that we need to connect. G um, Peter is, is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ boldly. He's, 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 he's speaking it in a way that the Jews are being frustrated because they're trying to get rid of Jesus. They're, they're trying to completely um, dissipate the name of Jesus Christ. They want it gone. Verse number 12, it says, And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They are filled with new wine. They're standing up, preaching boldly, and, and, and it says, Others. And I want to... Put that out there to you as well. I circled that word others in my Bible because there's always going to be others in your life. Whenever you're doing a work for Christ, there's always going to be people that are saying, well, this isn't from God. This isn't something from God. God didn't tell you to do this. You're making this up on your own. There's always going to be people like that. Levi Lusco, who's one of my favorite pastors, he talked about, um, he lived in California, him and his wife, and things were going good, and he had a church, and he said he felt like from a young age that he was called to reach millions of people for Christ. And he got a call from one of his buddies and said, hey, you need to come out here to, I believe they're in Montana now. He says, you need to come out here to Montana and start a church. And he's like, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm here in California. You want me to move to, you know, Montana? 
And um, basically, to make a long story short, he met with one of his mentors in California, and he told him, hey, I f- I'm, I'm, I'm praying about this. Somebody told me I need to come do this, that God told him I need to come do this, and I've been praying over it, and I feel like maybe I'm supposed to go out there. And the guy told him, no, that's not God's will. You're in California. You're not going to be able to reach as many people out there as you can out here. Like you have a gift to reach people. And and the guy didn't mean any harm by it. You know, he wasn't trying to, to lead him astray or anything like that. But I just want to put that word out there to you. There's always going to be others. So that's, that's why you can't trust what anybody else says when it comes to you feeling a tugging on your heart. Ultimately, you have to decide, are you going to trust the spirit? Are you going to trust God? Or are you going to trust what somebody else is telling you? Because ultimately, when it all comes down to it, you have to give an account for your life and, and the things that God has put in front of you. Nobody else is going to be able to answer that. You're responsible to your neighbor, but you're not responsible for your neighbor. And so uh, there's always going to be others. Uh, verse number 14, but Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, because it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. Uh, and then he goes on saying, um, uh, your, your young men shall she- see visions, uh, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. He's doing all these things. He's, pe- he's speaking through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we see that shift of how we talked about earlier. You see uh, Peter de- you know, denying Christ. You see Peter telling Jesus, you know, far be it from you. We see even, even taking it a step further in the garden when they come to arrest Jesus, Peter you know, stepping up and cutting off the guy's ear. So we see a major shift from that Peter to this Peter. It's almost like we see a shift from Simon to Peter. There was Simon who was oftentimes letting Jesus down or or saying things that he shouldn't have said in that moment. And then there was Peter who was filled with the Holy Spirit. There was Peter who has his mind fixed on Jesus. There was Peter who's looking at Jesus doing the impossible and walking on the waves. And so this is the this is Peter that we're talking about now. He's full of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he's understanding, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to do and nobody's going to stop me from doing it. One of the last commands that Jesus gave him was, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, I love you. Lord, you know that I love you. And he says, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. I need you to feed my sheep. I'm leaving. It's going to be better for you, though, that I leave. Because when I leave, I'm going to send the helper for you, the Holy Spirit. And that's why you're going to be able to speak the way that you speak. That's why you're going to be able to reach the people that you're going to reach because I'm sending the helper to you. If I stay here, they're just going to kill me again. Like I said a minute ago, we saw, we read a little bit of how Jesus is in in one of the biggest storms of his life, literally speaking, when he's asleep in the boat. This is a different kind of storm here. So as Peter is going on preaching and spreading the word, um, the Jews, you know, he ends up getting himself arrested. Um, And if you look in in, uh, Acts chapter 12, it says, and about that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was also during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made by the church. So I, I want to kind of break that down a little bit because I, I want to to kind of get in the mind of Peter. Peter has has recognized that one of his brothers, literally, uh, these guys going through the ministry together, going through the time with Christ, uh, uh, James is is killed with a sword. Peter, uh, James, and John 
were the innermost circle of Jesus. Those were the three that were on the mountain, on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. You know, these guys were the 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 inner clique, if you want to say that. So he just witnesses, or he, or you know, if he, it doesn't say that he sees it, but he he at least has that knowledge. My brother James has just been killed, and this could be my fate as well. You know, this is a guy that denied Christ, right? So let's keep that in mind. But the prayer, uh, but the earnest prayer for him was made by the church. Now, when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was asleep. Peter was asleep and during the biggest storm of his life in, in terms of he's getting ready to face death. He was asleep. He was sleeping in between two guards. But not only was he asleep, I want, I want to listen to I want you guys to listen to how he has to be woken up. So Peter was asleep in between two guards, bound with two chains, uh, at centurions before the door regarding the prison. Verse number seven, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. So it didn't, well, first of all, the light didn't wake him up. Peter is sleeping so well, the light didn't wake him up. This is how he has to be woken up. The angel struck Peter on his side and woke him up and said, get up quickly. This dude was sleeping so good that an angel had to hit him on the side to wake his butt up. Like, that's some peace right there. Like, that's the peace that can sleep on a boat in the midst of the storm. He's sleeping in between two guards, sleeping so well that he has to be hit <laughs> to be woken up. Says, get up quickly. And the chains fell off of his hands, and the angel said to him, dress yourself, put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. The way that we are to follow Jesus is just that in the midst of the storm, in the midst of whatever trial, in the midst of whatever temptation is going on to you, just to follow him. He sets the example for us in the word. He says, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will take care of itself, but seek first the kingdom today. The antidote for anxiety, the antidote for fear, the antidote for questioning what's going on, what's going to happen in my life in the future is just seeking first the kingdom today and trusting that God is going to take care of your tomorrow. So it's just, it, it's as I know it's easier said than done, but like, say for instance, I was at work this morning and, um, the weather has been cold. I was in my truck. I, my truck's been messed up for a while at work. And so I've been in the backup truck and they finally got my truck back to me. And when I got in it this morning, all kinds of alarms were going off on the dashboard. And I knew there wasn't anything wrong, you know, in terms of leaking or anything like that. We have to do a thorough post-trip or pre-trip rather before we leave every day. And so um, I knew there wasn't anything wrong with that. But plus, like I said, I just got it back. So the mechanics always look it over before they give us our trucks back and everything like that. So I knew there wasn't anything wrong with the truck from the point of what I could do in terms of there was nothing leaking. Uh, there was plenty of fluids, plenty of oil, all those kind of things. But it was just saying, you know, truck's going to shut down, truck's going to do this, truck's going to do that. And so I was stressed out for a while. And I got, I, I finally got to a place where I was like, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to stress out. Why, why, why am I going to stress out? I just started thanking God for things. Thank you for, th thank you for my family. Thank you for the community that you brought around me. Thank you for my podcast. Thank you for all the people that have decided to take the time to listen to my podcast. Thank you for all the people that you've allowed me to, to connect with and to grow alongside and stead slowly, but surely that, that worry and that fear just started going away because the antidote is seeking first the kingdom. When you have that mindset, 
Paul says in Colossians, set your mind on things above. Don't worry about the things that are going on here. Yeah, we have a job to do while we're here, but our focus should be eternal. Not what's going on around you, not, not your circumstances. Because those always change. God never changes. God stays the same. So focus on that. Focus on truth. And, and I, I believe that I've been wrong in saying something that I've been saying for a while. There's a lot of times that I'll say on here, just out of habit too, lean into God, lean on God, lean on Jesus, lean on his word. And I was reading, uh, I can't remember where it was the other day. I was reading a specific text. I know it's in Ephesians chapter six, but there's several places in the Bible where it says stand, stand, therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, stand, stand on his word. So I'm trying to shift that word to where I'm not saying I'm leaning on God. I'm standing on him. I'm standing on his promises. I'm standing on his word. I'm standing on the things that he says about me. I'm standing on the calling that he has on my life. I'm standing on the fact that I know that the harvest truly is plenteous, so the laborers are few. So I'm standing on that fact of, Lord, here am I, send me. Stand. I want to encourage you to do the same thing. I'm not trying to take away the fact that we need to trust God or we need to rely on God, but I'm saying stand on him. We're not leaning one way or the other. We're standing firm on the rock like the wise man. We're not, we're not building our house on the sand. We're building on the rock of Jesus Christ. We're building on the gospels. We're building on truth. And so um, just real quickly, I want to read a passage that's really been standing out to me a lot. And it's, it's, um, there's really three here in Psalms. I'm going to try to read really quickly because um, I, I really didn't want to go over 30 minutes um, for this one. But this passage has really been standing out to me a lot lately. And uh, it's Psalms chapter 8. Psalms chapter 8, beginning in verse 3, and I know I've said it on this podcast before, but it's, it's really been hitting me a lot lately. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set into place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man whom you care for? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under his feet. What is man that you are mindful of him that you have decided to not only create man in your image, but give him dominion over the works of your hands? You spoke all of this into existence, yet you decided to give me and you that's listening to this right now. God decided to give us dominion over this world, over the works of his hands, the almighty creator. I, that's been really heavy on me lately because it's like, it's very, I don't know, man, just humbling to think that the creator would think about us in that way. What is man that you are mindful of us, that you're thinking about us, that you seek a relationship with us, that you invite us into your story. All things, again, were created by you and for you. So that means that not only were we created by him, we were created for him. We were created to do the things on this earth, to bring forth his will. That's why we were created. And, and how do we do that? Follow him. How do we follow him? Get into his word. Seek his word. In that message by Louis Giglio, um, he brought up a passage that, that was really big to me. And, and um, I was thinking about it because my daughter, um, Hadley, she, you know, my daughters did this. My sons didn't really do this, this th that much. But our, our daughters, they would do this thing where whatever they're eating, 
they would stuff it all in their mouth, qui- you know, quickly. They'd put it all in their mouth and they'd just stick their hand out for more, 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 more. You know, give me more. I want more. And we'd say, you know, you got to swallow what you got. You're going to choke. You know, we can't give you more. You already have too much in your mouth. If you look in Psalms chapter 81, verses 10, it says, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. A lot of times we open our mouths up to God. We open our mouths wide up to God. We look up to him and open our mouth and we say, God, fill our mouth. And he's looking down on us and he's saying, your mouth's already full, bro. Like your mouth's already full, son. Your mouth's already full, daughter. I can't put anything else in there because you have some things that you need to get rid of. You have some things that you need to get out. You know, same with my daughter. I can't give you more because your mouth's already full. What in your life do you need to get rid of in order to look to God completely as an empty vessel and say, God, fill me. God, use me. And so I I wanted to stop right there. This was the end of my notes, but something happened that I wanted to share. And while I was writing my notes and I was sitting in our bed because this week we've had, you know, here in Tennessee, we can't handle any kind of ice or snow or anything like that. So the city was completely shut down for two days this week and I couldn't, I didn't go to work. And so I stayed home. I was listening to sermons. I was writing out um, the outline that I wanted to kind of speak about for this episode and I was praying over it. And so sitting in our bed, um, our younger two were napping. Uh, Our oldest daughter was in her room reading and Landry was in mine and my wife's room. And I was sitting there in our bed. My wife was sitting there reading her book and I was sitting here reading through scripture and I was uh, writing down my notes and, and my son came up to me, Landry, and he was like, look at this. And he shows me, he had my phone and he likes to, I've said it on here before. He likes to take my phone and pretend like he has a podcast, right? And so he had, he handed me my phone. It was like a two and a half minute long video where he's running around the room in the room, in the room with us. He's talking to the camera. He's laughing. He's acting like he's doing karate. He's fighting people. He's doing all these things, all these movements in front of me. And I didn't even realize it. And it really hit me. And I, I, I even wrote in my outline, this is where I wanted to end in Psalm chapter eight. But then literally as I was writing that down, he comes up and hands me my phone. And I was like, you know what? I got to share this because he's doing all this stuff in the background, but I had no idea that he was even making a video because I was so fixated on what I was doing. I was focused on what I was doing, not, not saying that what I was doing was bad, but I was just focused on my outline. I was focused on my reading. I wasn't paying attention to what he was doing. A lot of times that's what it's like with us, with our walk with Christ. We're so fixated on what we're, we're doing. We're so fixated on what, okay, I know this is what God called me to do, that God is doing things in the background that we don't even see. And he's trying to show you, hey, look, check this out. Like, I have this for you. This is for you. Pay attention to me. Don't worry so much on what you're doing. Keep your focus on me. And I, it, was, it was just perfect because I started reading, uh, rereading Genesis when um, Kelly gave me this Bible for Christmas. And in Genesis chapter 28, verse 16, um, this is after, uh, you know, Jacob's ladder where Jacob's uh, in, in, um, Jacob's in, in the wilderness and he puts a rock under his head and he's sleeping in, in verse number 28, verse, uh, in chapter number 28, verse 16, it says, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. So that really stuck out to me because I'm not comparing my son to the Lord or anything like that. But there's a lot of times that the Lord is in a place in your life and we don't even realize it. We don't even know it. We're not even paying attention to it. And so as I leave you here today, 
you're invited to, into the story. God has something specifically for you to do. Open your mouth wide to him. Clear out the things that are not of him, that are not completely about him. Clear all those things out and, and come to him with a full, open, empty mouth, empty vessel for him to use. And he's going to do that because the harvest truly is plenty, but the laborers are few. And so that's all I got for y'all today. Um, hopefully that, that was an encouragement to you. I am uh, doing another reaction video. Um, it's coming out Thursday. Thank you to everybody who checked it out. The first one, um, I'm excited about that. I really enjoyed doing it. Um, so we're going to see, I'm going to, I'm going to keep rolling with that as long as you guys check it out. So, uh, yeah, y'all tap in, uh, every Thursday also tap into the on fire podcast. First episode dropped last Thursday. Uh, those are going to be coming out every Thursday. Also, uh, me and Antoine McGee, um, getting back on sons of thunder that drops on every Thursday as well. So, man, we're trying to get into as much content as we possibly can. We're trying to bring positive Christian content to you guys. So um, I love y'all. God bless y'all. Y'all have a great week.